Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, Instagram's founders are back in action. They left Instagram and they've got a new app. It's a news reader and it's trying to solve some critical misinformation issues. But for Juliet, it does beg a question. Do we really need another freaking news reader? She's got the story. But first, let's take a look at what else is going on in business and tech today. E-commerce sales surpassed $1 trillion for the first time ever in 2022. That's according to Comscore's State of Digital Commerce report. The top grossing digital commerce categories were food, pet and baby goods, and apparel. The reason for that rise? Well, there's a hell of a lot more online shopping going on, especially during the pandemic, and that's both out of convenience and necessity. Boeing's last ever 747 jumbo jet was delivered yesterday to Atlas Air as a cargo freighter. The plane first debuted in 1967, and it changed air travel in America. It expanded capacity and opened up access to millions of middle-class travelers. Nearly 1,600 of the planes were built, and they were phased out by U.S. carriers back in 2017. On the note of transportation, General Motors posted a $2 billion Q4 net profit. That's up 15% year-over-year. The automaker is also putting $650 million toward a Nevada lithium mining project. ChatGPT creator OpenAI dropped a free tool to measure how likely it is that a piece of text was generated by AI. That comes amid fears that AI is being used by students to cheat in the classroom and to spread misinformation online. A more innocent use of AI, startup Enigma Labs is launching an app for reporting UFO sightings. They will be using artificial intelligence to scan images for Photoshop alterations and they're going to assign reports a credibility score. Colossal Biosciences wants to de-extinct the dodo bird and return it to Mauritius. That's the same company that wants to resurrect the woolly mammoth using skin cell editing and other genetic witchery. Uh, Just hopefully they won't do the T-Rex next. And lastly, 7-Eleven and Serve Robotics are testing out delivery bots in West Hollywood, California. They can carry four pizzas and 50 liters of soda at once. Juliet, that's in your neck of the woods. And uh, if you see one, just give it a little kick for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but you've got a different story for us today. It's about the Instagram founders. And before we dive into it, just give us a quick reminder of who, who these guys are. 
All right. So we've got two founders, Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger. They launched Instagram in 2010. It was a big hit. Two years later, 2012, they sold it to Facebook. It was called Facebook at the time. You know it today as Meta for a billion dollars in cash and stock. Stayed at the company for several years, left in 2018. They had a brief project together where they made a COVID tracker, but now they're back with a whole new thing. Hmm. Okay. So what is this new thing? So it is called Artifact. And it is essentially a newsreader. And Casey Newton at Platformer kind of had the scoop on this. There's a wait list now, but if you sign up on it and you download the app, you, you basically don't get anything out of it. But he got the inside scoop here. And basically, it is going to serve users articles and it's going to use AI to make sure those articles are interesting. Huh. Okay. Interesting seems like pretty subjective, though. Right. So my first thought when I saw this was like, okay, well, I already have a, a newsreader. I use Flipboard. Right. I have a Google Pixel. And when I swipe left, it's immediately like, here are all these articles we think that you will like. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm familiar with this concept. And I was surprised, I guess, that it wasn't something like way out there because that's what I would do <laughs> if I had a billion dollars. Um, yeah, right. But what's interesting to me about this is a couple of things. It's taking us back to text which is something that I feel like we have moved away from largely with Instagram and TikTok, where now everything is visual. Hmm. And they said they were inspired by a couple of things. One being TikTok, because TikTok, unlike Facebook and Twitter and some other apps, it shows your algorithm, your FYP is like based on what an algorithm thinks that you will like, mm -hmm. not based on what your followers are sharing into your feed. And then they were also inspired by advances in AI, like Google's Transformer, which is an AI model that helps computers better understand language and context. ChatGPD is built on Transformer architecture. Okay. There's an interesting blog from 2017 from Google where it talks about like what it can do. And the example it gives are these two sentences where they're talking about being by a bank and how that context could be different depending on whether you're standing by a river or whether you're standing by like a financial institution. So hmm, something that just helps it better communicate. Wow. So interesting that these guys basically played a major role in ushering in this sort of era of visual storytelling on the internet. Everything's driven by images mm -hmm. and videos. And now they're coming back to text. <laughs> right? Weird. Yeah. I feel like as soon as Instagram got big and influencers became a thing, all of a sudden I was seeing a lot of attention given to influencers over journalists. Like they would rather have yeah, an influencer yeah. come out and take 10 pictures versus have a journalist <laughs> write an article. Yep, and now yep. <laughs> we're going the other way. Interesting. Okay. So as you said, there are a lot of newsreaders already. Mm -hmm. It seems like the last thing we need is another newsreader, you know? Right. How is Artifact planning to stand out from the competition? So it's kind of hard to tell when it's in private beta, and I'm not a member of that group. But according to this article, a couple of things. So the content's going to come from both big publications and smaller niche publications. You can get right-leaning, left-leaning, politics don't matter. It just has to be reputable, and misinformation will be removed. Mm -hmm. And recommendations are going to be based on how much time you spend reading a particular article, not based on how many clicks or comments it gets. And I think that is kind of crucial because I think we see a lot of stuff get bumped into our feed because it's being engaged with a lot. But I have noticed, especially on something like Facebook, people will be commenting on an article in droves, oftentimes asking questions that are answered in the article, which clues me in on the fact that they did not read it. So yeah, this is going to be a lot of like quality engagement. Mm. And then there's a couple of forthcoming social components that we'll see. Eventually, there will be a feed where you can see articles that are shared by people you follow. And then you'll be able to discuss them both publicly. You have a lot of control over the comments, who can comment, if anyone can comment. And then there's mm. also an inbox where you can DM people about stuff that you're reading privately if you don't want to have a public conversation. Okay. So is a part of this 
making reading into a community experience again on the internet? Is that part of the promise here? Yeah, it feels like it's trying to get us to read quality content and then have discussions about that content absent of like the random crap that you will get if you try to do this anywhere else. Right. Okay. Because we all know, you know, trying to engage in a meaningful conversation Mm -hmm. around an article on Twitter or Reddit is an upward battle. Yes. Even in most comment sections, you know, you go to the New York Times comment section, it's just a bunch of angry people arguing with each other sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this in context of today because I have been talking about the third episode of HBO's The Last of Us, which Uh if you are familiar, was like this kind of a big groundbreaking episode. But yeah, I decided to just keep getting comments from random people who like don't like it for a very particular reason. And it's like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear from you. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the same time, you know, I find that if I express an interest in a TV show or a movie, let's say I'm watching a movie and I IMDB it because I'm like, that person looks familiar. Uh Well, then the next day when I go swipe left on my phone and I get my Google News feed, it wants to talk to me a lot about the show or this movie that it knows I'm watching, but it doesn't understand that contextually I'm interested in the show. It's like, oh, let me tell you some hot goss about this person in the show. Right. And then it's like everything deviates to like it, it deteriorates. And now all I'm getting are like, 29 things you can buy to make your apartment cozy from BuzzFeed. <laughs> we also get an Amazon kickback. These products are crap. But we saw you mm-hmm. were looking for a blanket like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think there's potential. Sure. I mean, this all sounds great, but a large part of the promise seems to put a lot of faith in AI, mm-hmm. particularly AI's ability to sort of weed out the garbage and give us things that are more meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. And that is still sort of a question that's up in the air. AI, mm-hmm. a lot of scholars might argue, might not quite be there yet. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's going to depend a lot on like the upfront curation, like who decides this publication is reputable, this publication is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to talk about BuzzFeed again, I have found some BuzzFeed investigations 100% absolutely worth your time reading. Of course. And now BuzzFeed's going to generate chat GPD crap that I don't want to read. Yeah, yeah. So obviously curating the internet is hard. <laughs> yeah, very hard. I mean, you know, algorithms have always promised to give us more meaningful content and they've run into a lot of trouble. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has spent more time than he probably ever wanted to sitting in congressional hearings over algorithms. Mm-hmm. So the idea that algorithms are some kind of savior that is just going to parse out misinformation and create this utopia of content that we want to see, uh, <laughs> I think that's yet to be seen. But interesting, interesting concept. Absolutely. I'm at the very least excited to check it out and see what I think. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. When are the filters dropping? Are they going to have like a cool sort of filter, like a sepia filter we can read the news through? Well, you know what I kind of like about ChatGPT? I kind of like that you can tell it to explain something to you or reword something for you in like a particular Uh style. (laughs) Even today, I was like interested in this Transformer thing and I wanted to know how ChatGPT would talk to me about it Mm -hmm. because it's largely based on that architecture. So I said, explain Google's Transformer like I'm five. And this is what it said. It said, sure. Imagine you have a big cookbook with all the recipes in the world. Google's Transformer is like a chef who can cook up any recipe in the cookbook and then use it to make a delicious meal. The chef reads the recipe and then goes shopping to get all the ingredients. Similarly, the Transformer reads the text that is given and tries to understand meanings. Once the chef has all the ingredients, they mix them together and cook them. The Transformer takes the meaning it has found and uses it to generate new text, just like the chef uses a recipe to make a new meal. And it goes on from there. What? Is that accurate? (laughs) I don't know. 
<laughs> Sounds cool. I though. don't know. You know, the first time I asked it, it was like, imagine you have a big toy box full of toys and you want to find one toy. <laughs> so it's giving me a different version oh, than even man. the first one it gave me. Wow. Okay. Which makes me wonder if the filter is going to be, can I like press a button and be like, pretend I'm five, simplify this. Huh. Interesting. Read this to me like an old timey Victorian hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, give me the latest housing numbers in the style of Edgar Allan Poe, please. Exactly. That'd be amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes on this and let you know as we learn more about it. But for today, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor was Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer on this episode, and always, is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you in our newsletter, and you can go find that at thehustle.co slash email if you're not subscribed. Until then, catch you all tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.